Are you listening tonight? I'm Chris, and I'm Ryan. And how would you reckon it, pal? Well, we draw a theme from a hat, and then we each bring a record that we think matches up with that theme. We show it off, we talk about it, and we hang out. So, how do if people want to get hold of us? What can they do? Uh, we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com/recordnight. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're on Instagram at uh, recordnightpod, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, that's yeah, a new one yeah. for us uh, that Chris is running. So yeah. hopefully it's going well. Hopefully yeah, it's very right. prolific. I, mean, I don't put a whole lot <laughs> I give it like I give it episode, are, uh, episode dates and then notes that I wish I could delete. Or like I wish I could edit because there's something like, you know, like a wrong contraction. Like, that didn't look right, but I'll leave it in there. <laughs> so I think so. Uh, we're on, uh, so we're on Twitter <laughs> at uh, record underscore night. Yeah. Or you can just shoot us an email at recordnightpod at gmail.com uh so why would you want to reach out to us yeah, uh, you can you can submit themes yeah that'd be uh, perfect. if you'd like uh because our our well of themes is only so much we're only so creative yeah uh or if you want to be a featured artist so if yeah. you're a musician singer songwriter whatever and you want to you know be featured here on our show mm-hmm. um hit us up and we'll we'll put you in uh, which I think is about the best segue you're going to get into this episode's featured artist. Our featured artist this episode, Sound and Scenarios. Um, a lot of artists, celebrities, and other public figures strive to achieve massive amounts of fame and success. Sometimes, upon reaching that point, the fame gets to a person's head can easily turn them into something they're not. Massachusetts-based sound, band Sounds and Scenarios addressed that behavior with their latest track, When the Fame Goes to Die. They have a lyric video. Um, we'll probably post that in our... our uh, Episode description, and definitely. Uh, quote: When we wrote the when the Fangos died, we wrote it out. We, we wrote it out of the frustration about people, people who are so keen to keep trying to have clout on the internet and trying to quote make it that they end up losing sight of themselves, letting it all of it go straight to their head. We watch that happen to people we know personally and people we know online, and we just got sick of how they think the world revolves around them. So we decided to put that facade on full blast. We like to think of it as a consequence of hungering for 15 minutes of fame. Within an anthematic chorus and evocative performance, the song displays sounds and scenarios fusion of pop punk, indie pop, or rear rock, and highlights their unique and never evolving sound. So they're on they're on Spotify, they're on Instagram, they got Twitter, Facebook, and we'll uh, blast we'll blast all that uh, in the episode description. But the song we'll be playing at the end of this episode is "When the Fame Goes to Die." Yeah, so stick around at yeah. the end of the till the end of the episode mm-hmm. after we're done talking to hear some new music. Our theme uh, this week. But speaking of this <laughs> episode. This 39th episode, yeah, yeah. Uh, suggested by our friend Scott. Nice, thanks, Scott. It is Jock Jams. Jock Jams. When I pulled it from the from the hat last week, I was or last time, I was like, "Which one of us wrote this one?" Yeah, who the, <laughs> I was like, "Who the hell wrote this one?" So at first, uh, at first, I was like, "Man, what the fuck am I gonna pick?" And then it came to me. I have this sort of thing where I don't want to bring same bands to the episode or to the show. But mm-hmm. I I had the perfect one, and uh, but uh, I'll go first. You know, tell me what yours is. But uh, I chose the Mountain Goats beat the champ. Oh, cool! Yeah, what was yours? Mine is uh, Face Stabber by the OCs. That name is <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm I'm gonna go first with mine. Mountain goats beat the champ. I've been to mountain goats on the show before. If you don't, if you didn't listen to the episode, mountain goats are a, a I guess a indie folk rock band. Um, uh, they've been that's how since, I describe them. Yeah, yeah indie folk rock. Uh, they um been around since the early '90s. Uh, they, most consists of the lead dude John Darnell, who I uh, consider like a hero of mine. I fucking mm-hmm. love the mountain goats. Love them so much. Um, and so. By the time Be the Chant came out in fuck like 2015, I was deep in them. Like like I was like I was so into it. Uh, but right. Mountain Goats, uh, man, what to say about them? <laughs> it, you know, uh, I've been uh, I've listened to a few uh, episodes of a different podcast where they've reviewed this record, and I I don't I'm not sure they got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They liked it, but I'm not sure they got it. But uh, John Darnell is a huge wrestling fan, if I, um, or uh, I used to be a huge wrestling fan. So mm-hmm. this record called "Beat the Champ," which is all about wrestling. You know, John, yeah, he said the other records like for in the league with the dragons and their stuff. He like, like says it's about this, like about D and D, uh, and really loosely based. This one is exclusively every song is about wrestling. So when you say it's about <laughs> professional wrestling, that is, every song is about one hundred percent. Every song is about Pro wrestling. Um, yeah, and I, I grew up as, like, a, a wrestling kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I knew most of the references that were, that, like, looking at the track list, he yeah. was talking about. Um, but, I mean, we'll we'll definitely yeah. get into it because I've got, there There were a lot of things where it's like I was, I was like, this is cool. Like, this guy obviously cares about wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's it definitely doesn't feel like, um Gosh, what's the best way to put it? It doesn't feel like he's just kind of picking it as a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, which I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, so this, by the way, it's the 15th studio album by the Mountain Goats. Um, mm-hmm. And so they have a large, wide range of work. But I, I want to say that this one's probably got the most press, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about John Daniel's style when it comes to writing music songs and stuff that's introduced here that's not in other records, but are like heavily in the next records. Um, because. Mm-hmm. Because, like, again, I'm going back to the well, he's done since then, which is like four records, four or five records since this thing in 2015. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's been putting out shit like crazy. Um, like, fulfilling little goals of his now that he's probably in his mid 50s. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw him just recently, um, a couple weeks ago in Lawrence, just a solo oh, show. Oh, damn. Nice. A solo show. And uh, it, was, it was great. I mean, everyone wore masks. Most people wore masks, but everyone was mm-hmm. proven <laughs> they had to show the vaccination card before they went in. And um, that's good. It was good to see the live music again, man. It's, it was insane. It was just oh, I bet. Yeah, but um, I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, I've been finish. chopping at the bit to to get back to concerts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, I just gotta wait for someone to come through that I want to see. I mean, they're gonna come through San Diego, there. Right? Like, like the, I can. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff coming. I can, it's just I can not under- for another couple months. I can understand people skipping Kansas City, and like, like. In Omaha and shit like that, but I, I feel like if you're gonna tour the West Coast, you gotta hit, you know, L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, all those Sacramento, even all those big places. In, in, um, yeah, looking at tours though, it does seem like if people are gonna skip a city here, they typically skip San Diego uh, and just shit. do L.A. because L.A. is only about two hours away. You would do two you hours know, in the best traffic. You would do two hours. Yeah, two hours is. I've I've done that all the time. I used to live like hour or two hours, depending on traffic outside of Denver. Oh, shit. All right. Well, um, <laughs> we're going to go and get, get into this record as Beat the Champ by the Mountain Goats. You can find it on um, 
Yeah, you can find it on Spotify. I was making sure I said that right. Beat the Champ. Yeah, Beat the Champ by the Mountain Goats. You can find it on Spotify or anywhere you really get your music. So uh, here we go. Flew home from Texas last night. Nearly drive Danny's nose back into his brain. All the cheap seats go insane. Look high, it's my last hope. could have done a better job of fading out in that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, your initial thoughts on the Mountain Goats beat the champ? So, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, coming from a person who likes and appreciates wrestling perspective, mm-hmm. like, you can tell the stuff is sincere. Like, yeah. I was saying it before he we went into the sampler, like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And this is, like, there's a deep love here, whether, I mean, he still watches it or not since a lot of the stuff on here is like older dudes who don't really do stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of the songs also refer to people that never really made it big too, which is a, uh, sometimes like, I mean, Chavo Guerrero was yeah, big. Yeah. Um, so with, I don't even know a good place to start talking about it, but maybe like a quick, like 
here's how you can enjoy wrestling okay. as an adult. <laughs> okay. So when when you're younger, you're watching stuff, um, you're watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe then then back then, you know, you think it's real. You think bad guys are bad guys, good guys are good guys. You're watching kind of this drama storyline mm-hmm. payoff. You don't have to worry about suspension of disbelief they're, because they're kind of like really kind of believe everything. Like superheroes kind of, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. But then you watch it now and you kind of get more into the performance of it. Yeah. Like is the best it, thing, the best adult, way I can describe it as an adult, is you, like, like, yeah, you, record, you look at it as performance, not necessarily they're fighting, but I mean, they're still fucking themselves up big time. Like they're still, yeah. Hurting. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they can, it's definitely a dangerous thing to do, but it's like watching, um, like an action movie. Mm hmm. Where it's like, I feel like when I watch movies now that I've watched, you know, so many movies and things like that, where I'm like watching the stunt crew and I'm like, oh, those stunts were really cool. But when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, Dwayne The Rock Johnson (laughs) drove his car through a train and you're not thinking about the behind the scenes stuff. But then when you watch it as as an adult, you're like, wow, that was a really cool move. Wow, that was this guy's doing a really good job of playing the crowd. Like, you know, you appreciate a good bad guy or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then you appreciate how like stories unfold or how they unfold poorly. Like I don't, there's a lot more like art to it where you're not so much invested in stories anymore, but more <laughs> like, uh, what they're doing in the ring. Cause yeah. it's, it's all, all pretty much improvised. Like a lot of the stuff is predetermined, yeah. but most of however long the match is, they're like secretly like whispering to each other doing stuff. So yeah, they're sitting say, down as an adult and kind of like breaking that stuff down and being just like, holy shit, like these guys are really going out there and putting on a crazy performance. And, uh, yeah, part of the reason I chose this for Jock Champs is because a lot of people look at wrestling as sort of a big dumb thing. You know, big, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're going to be generalized about jocks. They're big dumb jocks and they're going to talk about muscles and fighting and shit. Um, but uh, this record itself, um, JD has a good way, John Daniel. Because I, uh-huh. I want to because I know the you know, the UCs John Dwyer so um, so John Daniel, <laughs> should be a lot of JDs here yeah a lot of JDs big JD heavy episode JD has a good time uh, John John Daniel does a really good job of making the stuff in here about wrestling but also universal you know like you can exactly and and that's why I think it it stands out I mean it's about wrestling but it goes in those deep feelings that sort of everyone can have. Um, yeah, which I think wrestling itself also does a pretty decent job of. Yeah, I mean, everyone, of like once you kind of get you know beyond like I'm watching two like oiled up people like bash into each other. There, there's a lot of universal stuff there. And wrestling is just one of those things I could never get into. But I never like I never like shit anyone for like you know like like mm-hmm. it's something that. But uh, and we'll talk about like this where the stands are among pantheon of. Mango Turkey's the end. But right. I th- I think but I think I don't know. I think if you can find a wrestling fan, you'd be like, hey, find me like ten of the best matches ever, like introductory matches. Mm-hmm. I bet you could get down with that. Yeah, probably could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Find, like find me find me all the good ones in there. And uh my buddy Neil, who I do moves in sucking something to do with, um, he uh he's a big wrestling fan, a giant wrestling fan. Um he's going to WrestleMania this year. That was like his big main goal. Damn. He's in WrestleMania. Uh, I got a WrestleMania uh, like button up shirt to go along with it for his birthday. He's super excited. So he's going to go in, um, I think it's like in August or something. But he can't wait. And I'm super happy for him. He's a big wrestling Scott, fan. Scott, who uh, suggested this episode, mm-hmm. 
we were wrestling buddies. Like oh, yeah. we <laughs> we hung out and watched wrestling a bunch. We've been to one or two live mm-hmm. ones. Oh, well, oh yeah. It's just good shit. We still talk about it every so often. <laughs> I don't watch it too much anymore, yeah, but yeah. I still like knowing like the drama and all yeah, that yeah. stuff that's going so on. So Scott still watches it? I think so. Okay. At least the uh so a new like so WWE was kind of the top dog for a while. They uh-huh. had a competition with WCW back in like the nineties mm-hmm. and the WCW went to shit and they disappeared. But now AEW just came out. Yeah, apparently that's like the shit everyone loves AEW. But yeah, basically like WWE has been awful to most of their employees forever. Mm-hmm. So now all the good people who like, you know, the older wrestling fans like are defecting over to these guys that have more or less consolidated the indie circuit. Yeah. So like WWE has more or less become a caricature of itself. And then AEW now is like, okay, cool. We're, we're going to do all the stuff that the actual wrestling fans like. Yeah. And apparently they've just been blown the top off constantly. Well, <laughs> real underdog story. I love it. It's a very Scott heavy episode. I guess I got to say Scott heavy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh... Did we see Suspiria with him? Was that Scott? Uh-huh. Okay, I remember him. Good dude. Yeah. Scott's a good dude. <laughs> um, let's do this track by track, and we'll talk more about wrestling terms as we come across them. Sound good? For sure. I can kind of explain some of the context of these. So this this uh, record starts out with Southwestern Territory. Uh, it's yep. a slow kind of ballad song, um, mostly piano, mostly. Uh, yeah, but there's you know little hints of like woodwind and then... I, there's like a sizzle of drums, like yeah. somebody left like a uh, a snare drum in the room while or, they were recording without the brush on it and just blowing on it. Yeah, exactly. But um, so uh, Southwestern Territory is probably it's it's a great way to open it up, sort of bring you into this because what the song basically describes is, I guess someone who's either Southwestern Territory would be like territorial wrestling. They got the Southwestern part of the U.S. Um, Yeah, so wrestling before WWE, mm -hmm. WWF, all that stuff, everything was kind of in its own little territory. Yeah. So it was all super regional stuff like that until it got consolidated into a larger national thing that would tour. So this is about, this is from like the earlier days when it's like, cool, you're just like some local dude. Probably mid to early 80s, mid 70s, early 80s maybe before it. Maybe I don't know exactly when yeah. stuff started consolidating, but yeah, you're probably right. And so this this song is about a guy who's basically traveling around the you know the um, California, Texas, Nevada, Arizona area, um, mm-hmm. and sort of just sort of being obscure, but not you know he goes out every night to 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 wrestle, and you know there's some sort of things sort of like um, obviously being alone or not being mm-hmm. and not being there for me his family. Um, or just sort of being in this life and he just, he doesn't know what he's doing anymore, kind of. Yeah, I think that's kind of a common theme across wrestlers as a whole is like, you're putting it all out there mm. to do this thing. Uh, but it was, you know, even more, I guess, dire back in those yeah. days. Cause it's like, you're one of the lines in here is blackout for local TV. Yeah, it's which, like, which means basically you're. Yeah, you're he, getting brain damage. Yeah, yeah. Broadcast local TV also means basically, hey, no one gives a fuck. We're basically cutting out your broadcast for the news or whatever like that is. So blackout for local yeah. TV means basically you're you're desperate. No one's watching. Just people in that in that uh, that gym, the gymnasium, high school gymnasium, and are watching you. Uh, yeah, 
very just kind of high risk job, but at least at this time there was very little reward to it. It's mostly just doing it for the love, but it's, you know, long days and lonely nights yeah. just touring these few states. You know, what I really enjoy, what I really love about, um, about geniuses in this is that almost every song, there's a big, long, um, a big, long paragraph of what John Daniel actually said about the song, like before performing it, you know, like, so, uh, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to learn about this record, especially from, um, from genius, which is, I didn't think I'd ever say that <laughs> like, <Right>. like, <laughs> because they'll have what the artist, what has the artist said about the song? And there we are with a probably, you know, 20 sentences by John Daniel about this song. You know? Yeah. He's very wordy about what he thinks of these songs. Yeah. He's also <laughs> very wordy in general. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. You guys can go on Genius check it out. But yeah, th- this is about the the twenty you know the twenty dollars you get for being in the southwestern territory and you know killing yourself to do this thing that that um, fucks you up big time, <laughs> like after mm-hmm. on time. But it's just that. Did you ever watch? Uh, you watch movies? Did you ever watch The Wrestler? Dude, I love the wrestler. I love that movie. It cap, dude. It captures a lot of this album oh, really it, well. It does, it does. Like, yeah. It, I, I uh, when I went and saw the wrestler, I had to argue with the girl I was with to see the wrestler because went to uh-huh. this was before I'd go online. I just go to the movie theater and buy a ticket, right? Um, but we got there and I, I'm like, the wrestler is playing it this time. I definitely want to see that. And I had to argue with her. And at the end of it, she thanked me. I was like. I was like, thank you. Listen, movie phone says the wrestler is playing at 11 a.m. and we need to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, this was about the time I actually started getting good movies. You know, like movies that, I, like, you know, I didn't know who I I didn't know who Darren Aronofsky was then. But after that, uh-huh. I did. I mean, I knew who he was. Now you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now, oh, Mother, what the fuck? Um, have you seen Mother? <laughs> I did. I think that's one of those movies that. Um, I don't know if I liked it, but yeah. I think people should experience oh, it. Like yeah. it's very much just like, this is a cinematic thing. Like it can only exist in movies and it can only exist like this. It wouldn't work in any other art form. I had a, I had a, um, a, a friend that has a baby and he was like, Oh God. And he was like, should I see this? I've heard about it. I'm like, man, I don't have a kid. That disturbed the fuck out of me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, it's a fucked it, up it, movie. It reminds me a lot of, um, climax. Yeah, I, that we saw together, where it, it's like I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure if I liked it. I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah, but I'm glad I saw. But it. it's like, yeah, you need to like, you need to fucking watch this shit right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> Look about at this. It's about experiencing a different forms of art, like wrestling. It's mm-hmm. a different form of art, and we 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 talk about the uh, the second song on this track, the record, the legend of Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, who yeah. I grew up watching. Because uh, he used to be in a tag team with his dad, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, is that right? So he was mm-hmm. the, he was the old guy. Wait, wait. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, although he might have been Chavo Guerrero Jr., I'm not, I'm not like completely <laughs> brushed up on the stuff, but I'm pretty sure he he's got to be talking about the Chavo I know. Okay, well then maybe because um, he mentioned he does mention Eddie G in yeah. or Ed G in the song. Yeah, but I don't know how many how far it goes of them like naming their kids or their grandkids after their dad. Yeah, so but Chavo Guerrero was a wrestler who was who was a big Mexican Mexican wrestler. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, he was a, a luchador, right? He had a, the mask on. Uh, not the one I knew. Okay. No. Okay, maybe not. I'm wrong. Wait, luchadors mostly um were heels, weren't they? No, they're they're mostly good guys. Okay, cool. Um, love Legend of Chavo Guerrero. This song basically about John Darnell, how Chavo Guerrero was his hero growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you for correctly using heel though. Oh yeah, thanks. thanks. You're already. We'll we'll get to that uh, in a couple of a couple of tracks where I'll I'll explain what that means to this, the to listeners out there. But this was a single. Um, obviously, it's oh. a, it's the most radio friendly. It's the one that has a jaunty beat. Uh, it's got so yeah, it's a little more rocking. Yeah, it's got it's a great songs and it's like old man Gordy could pop like a live grenade. Uh, just fucking, it's it's got popping words in this. I love this. I, I will really enjoy this song. Um, oh, I do too. I um, I really like. There's a line in here like "You let me down, but Chavo never did." Yeah, and so which was referencing like you know the father figure in his life. So if you guys listen to the literary influence episode, um, John, I'm gonna get a little heavy here. John Darnell was abused by his stepfather growing up. So one of the ways that John Darnell and his father would bond after you know horribly abusing him is that John Darnell would pick a favorite wrestler. And his dad would just talk shit on it. Like, instead of just, just try to get under John's skin, right? Uh, right. That's but so how they that, bonded. As, as an adult enjoyer of wrestling, uh, you do start to find yourself really into the bad guys. Like, yeah. my favorite wrestler when I was, you know, back into watching it a lot more uh, was this guy, Kevin Owens, who is, like, such a good bad guy that you're just like, this guy fucking rules. Yeah. I'm Fuck not- John Cena. Kevin Owens kicks ass okay so but john cena's always been the good guy right mm-hmm. yeah he's always been the he, he's, he's pretty been, much the uh the superman of wwe or the baby face right actually you know what he hasn't always been he used to be uh like the sort of... doctor of thugonomics <laughs> he would come out being like this annoying as fuck like white rapper guy he like when he won one of the championships he like turned the belt into like you know, like a spinning rim, like a spinner bell. Lame. <laughs> he would come out and rap. Like it was awful and stupid. Um, and people hated him then, but yeah, then he kind of turned into the everyman good guy that everybody loves and he never loses. Well, what do you think about John Cena like now? I think he's fine at what he does. I feel the same way about his characters. I feel about Superman mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't like Superman. Uh, just because he's like, y- you reach that point of like being too good, too powerful that you stop being interesting. Yeah, I like the movies, and that's kind of where he got. I like his movies. There's only like, like, I love both. Superman's. What? Uh, no, or um, John Cena's. John Cena's. Like, okay. his, his roles are good. Uh, like, like he's funny as fuck on the, in the movies that I've seen him in. Um, mm-hmm. Did you like like in, uh, you liked uh, Suicide Squad, the new one? I have not seen it yet, dude. Oh, okay, you have HBO Max, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, dude. Stop. Is stop. it still on there? Oh yeah, dude. And it's a uh, maybe. But dude, listen. Like, like I, I know that it's so like everyone likes it, but there's a re- like this is a good reason. To- oh, that's not the reason okay. I'm not watching it. It's just, dude, why haven't you watched it yet? I uh, haven't found okay. an opportunity. That's Waiting fair. to watch it with my wife, and it's hard to carve out like oh, a three-hour yeah, yeah, space of time that we're like, like, let's watch an action movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're wanna... trying to catch up on whatever that show is, fucking Squid Game or whatever. Oh wait, there's many... a never-ending list of how shit many... I need to watch. Are you guys watching Squid Game right now, though? Yeah, we're like two episodes in. Okay, 
I watched, I finished it Monday or last Monday and it was, all right, we'll talk about it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> back to legend of Charles Guerrero. Uh, so it's a rocking song. It's uh talks about JD as a kid and what, you know, sort of using really good, um, really good, um, imagery, you know, before black and white TV in the middle of the night, I'm lying there before bathed in blue light. Like just, mm-hmm. you get that, you get that image of the kid, like in front of the TV with his elbows up. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly how I thought of it too. Yeah. Um, uh, I did just get confirmation that the Chavo Guerrero he's talking about is, uh, uh, the older one. Yeah, yeah. Chavo and, Guerrero, I knew was a junior. So rest in peace, Chavo Guerrero, by the original one. Um, yeah. He was in the actual music video for a second of this song, like, before he died. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he was looking rough. <laughs> but, also um, rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, Eddie, uh, Eddie she's dead, too? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were old. JD's, like, 50 in his mid-50s, and, it, it, you know, he was a grown man fighting when he was uh Yeah, he's you know, here. You know, you don't make it very long as an older wrestler, I think. No. Uh, steroid problems and, you know, making your heart big, but then you're also more or less getting in a fight every night. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I liked about the song musically is John's using an acoustic guitar, yeah. but he's basically playing what I would think of as, like, electric guitar riffs. Yeah. So it, it, I think it sounds really cool. Yeah, it's got, it's got a buzz, like a, like a little stat, like a little distortion, like a... Like an electric guitar would, um, mm-hmm. like if you like you, I, I hate to use this, but like the song "Hall" in nineteen forty five by a uh, by the Neutral Milk Hotel, they used acoustic guitar, but they used distortion, so it sounds dirty as fuck. And this doesn't really sound that dirty. This is, but it, it yeah, he's playing he's playing riffs on this song, like it points, um, but it's it's a cool song. It it has you know meaning, you know, like sort of everyone has a hero, everyone wants a hero, and this is. Basically, his foggy favorite was Chavo Guerrero, which is really fucking cool, actually. Like, I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we can move on also, to... Also, if anybody's mad that I said Eddie Guerrero was Chavo's dad, I meant he was his uncle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get emails. Ryan doesn't well, know people anything. who like... Dude. Uh, yeah. Us people who like wrestling, we get really like... Ah, yeah. It's not what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, we just lost, you know, half our, breasts, our, our fan base. Anyway. For an object. Hopefully they made it this far for me to correct myself. Hopefully. For an object. Secret weapon. Yeah. Hardcore match. So apparently, this is, tell me this is true. Instead of saying what the thing is, was well, is it true that, that instead of saying like, oh, he has a knife or he has a chair, they, they'll say for an object instead of like the actual thing that they're using? Yeah, I think that was probably more of like an earlier wrestling thing. Yeah. Once you hit... Um, like the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. which was like 90s and maybe a little bit into the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, they were a little bit more uh, clear about what stuff was, weapons, things like that. Um, so, but yeah, I think I think his memory of wrestling is before when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still connected with a lot of the stuff. But yeah, so for an object, somebody brings something in that they're not supposed to have, usually a weapon of some sort to inflict damage on the other people. I personally will stab you in the eye with a foreign object. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the, when I first heard this song, or when, not when I first heard this song, my wife first heard this song, this was her favorite Mountain Goat song for a little bit. Um, it's great. I, I love that it's like a happier sounding song, but yeah. it's still about somebody stabbing somebody in the eye with, with something. Yeah. A foreign object. It and doesn't the, say what it is. And this is the one song that he played from 
beat the champ live when I saw him a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's great. And, and you know, the ba, ba, da, 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 foreign object. Everyone was pogoing at that point because <laughs> he was too, but uh, it's a fun song. Uh, you know, again, great imagery, all soaked in blood, like a newborn babe. And, um, I marched through the red mist. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> With my head around a little, get blood on the front row, which I'd be fucking pissed about if I got blood on me. Yeah, I mean, you go into it kind of knowing you're yeah. going to be seeing a blood sport, more or less. Um, one of my favorite wrestling terms uh, that one of the announcers would always say, mm. the announcer JR, yeah. uh, is he would call it like a crimson mask. <laughs> when you would, you'd basically get like your head split open and you'd bleed over your face and he's like, oh, crimson mask. Yeah, and just so you guys know, um, a lot of people, people, a lot of wrestlers keep like... um you know, razor blades or sharp things in their pockets or on them so they could cut themselves. So make them look like the shit kicked out. So they cut themselves yeah. and the, the, you wouldn't notice it, you know, if you're really good at uh, hiding that stuff, you know? Yeah. And usually it's like usually really small, but one of the, one of the things a lot of people don't know uh, is the head bleeds a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of blood moving around <laughs> up there. So it's like they could have like a tiny little cut. They usually do it in like their hairline or yeah. right on their, they stop doing it on their forehead because it gets you like, yeah. cauliflower forehead and you look really weird <laughs> yeah um but they would do it up in their hairline to bleed and yeah. you know they'd bleed all over their face and they'd call it a crimson mask that's pretty cool <laughs> um, <laughs> a, i think it's a really cool name yeah um but this song is yeah a, it's on objects it's a uh it's a it's a jaunty song it sounds kind of you know it's got horns in it uh it's it's a great song <laughs> i like four i liked it a lot yeah um, we can move on to uh, Animal Mask. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm... Which gonna... is about a Royal Rumble match, mm-hmm. which is... It, it seems like maybe Royal Rumble has changed since he was watching wrestling. Yeah. Because you usually do it in an open ring because every... They start off with, like, I want to say six or eight people in the ring. Yeah. And they're fighting and you lose when you get pushed over the the top rope and hit the floor. Yeah. And then every two minutes, a new person comes in and it's like 30 people. Um, but in this, he's talking about it in like a steel cage. So I wonder if it used to just be throwing a shitload of people inside a steel cage to fight. Yeah. It's, he mentions that people, there's some different uh, gimmicky animal masks, like a frog and um, some other. Shit. I'd love to see a frog gimmick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this feels like it's about kind of you're in that moment of being in like your first tag team. It's a, you know, a very formative moment in your career, your personality, stuff like that. So, you know, I wrote down, you always remember your first tag team. Like <laughs> he also says it, it's this, a weird moment that he's going to remember fondly. He also uh, says this, this is also about the lever in the delivery room. <laughs> like when he has his first kid, uh, his kid's name is Roman. His first one, he's I think two kids now. One was named Roman. And this is about Roman being born. You know, saying like a little sweeping tiger dance, all these people crammed together wearing masks, you know? Right. So, yeah. But so. then it also has that vibe of like, he's always going to have his back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's talking about like his dude calling him from across the, you know, the whole yeah. thing. And he's like, I'm going to fight through all these people to come save you. Yeah. Which is great. Just like he's going to have Roman's back. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to come for you, pal. Um, uh, uh, music itself though has a really cool like country western vibe mm-hmm. that I like a lot. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's one of the few things that JD goes out of his known comfort. Like he he John Daniel he 
he really likes um, writing songs that aren't like Mountain Goat songs. Like like when you hear him talk about the songs he likes the most, he'll mention the you know certain songs out this record, which we'll get to, um, that he really uh-huh. really likes. Um, which brings me to my second favorite song on the record, "Choked Out." Another rock and track. Uh, rock and track. It's like a, it's like a, almost like a punk rock track. But then you listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love all the lines in this, all of it. Um, and a, a, it's it's like in a minute, like it's a minute and forty three seconds. So right in the punk rock range of. Uh, yeah, nice and short. Nice and it's fast and um, violent. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I have a question. Yeah. What is a half Nelson to suplex reverse? Try to explain that to me. Uh, so you put somebody in a half Nelson. So a full Nelson is when you have both arms up, mm-hmm. somebody's reaching like under your armpits mm-hmm. and then putting their hands behind your head. Yeah. A half Nelson would be only one arm up. Yeah. And then I'm assuming with the suplex part, he's probably either like picking them up and flipping them around mm-hmm. and slamming them down. Or yeah. you said it was a reverse. Yeah. Suplex reverse. Yeah. Which means the guy in the half Nelson is probably flipping around and figuring out how to, suplex okay. uh the person who's in a half nelson um this song is about a guy yeah, songs uh, about getting choked out, about getting choked out. <laughs> it's about a guy who who um obviously has no re- regard for his health and is just basically doing his best to just fuck up like fuck everyone up uh, us up but it's got lines like uh uh for example uh, i stretch and string with all my might tripped off in the velvety arms of the night kick and claw and scratch and bite Fire up the grill, everybody tonight choked out. It's, mm, I, I love this song. Now, uh, there's, um, I when, when I first was really into the song, I started thinking about the the narrative of the song. I'm sort of getting that he, he dies at the end. Are you getting that at all? I'm not getting that he dies. He's definitely putting his, you know, body on the line. Mm-hmm. I think what I was getting out of this one is like, you're kind of getting in the mindset of a person who's the one who's willing to put himself out there, mm-hmm. like to get fucked up. Cause yeah. it, he'll maybe get, you know, some more cash slipped to him or something like that. It really reminds me of, um, one of my favorite wrestlers, Mick Foley. Yeah. yeah. He, he was more kind of like in the hardcore thing, but he was one of those dudes that he's just like, he was up for anything. And Mankind, it's like, you see yeah. some of his, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen it. I'm I'm sure Neil would tell you about it, but like the Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell match where he's getting like slammed through the top of the Hell in a Cell and like his fucking tooth came out of his nose. Oh my God. The Undertaker thought, like legitimately thought he was dead. <laughs> he got thrown off the top basically through an announce table at one point. Like that was supposed to happen. The yeah. other part wasn't. Yeah. Um, but it's like you see these dudes and you're just like, this motherfucker is going to die. And I'm over here going like, I love Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. And it's, there's just, I think there's a lot, I guess it's like a wrestling fan, especially if you like, you know, hardcore matches or Kate, like really any of the more dangerous shit that it's like, you have to come to terms with inside yourself of like, these motherfuckers could die. Yeah. Uh, Owen, Owen Hart, one of the more famous, you know, in ring deaths died in Kansas city. Oh man. Yeah, I, I mean, I still remember. Down, he was I, down the street from I re- you. I remember. I remember. Re- well, uh, yeah, it was. So I was in Texas, but I don't remember like the. Day, <laughs> I remember in school hearing about it the day after, like people talking about it happening, you know, because mm-hmm. they did, they did the rest of the show and then afterwards they announced that, uh, Hitman died, <laughs> you know, like, which is yeah. crazy. Um, uh, and so that's what I get from this song is like you're in the mind 
or, or you get the perspective of somebody who's he's kind of the go to dude for doing something. They want a realistic choke out. He's going to do it. And he made some extra money from it because they slipped him like a hundred bucks or something like that. And now he can buy everybody food. But it's like you're going to continually lose oxygen to your brain and die. Well, and- the reason why I think he dies at the end of this is because I looked around in the space. I can see the future. Real, It's a real dark place. That's sort of where I got the death thing from. And it, you Oh, know, I more got, he got choked out. Like yeah, that's well, him like, you know, yeah. getting choked out, yeah. passing out. Yeah, he does it. No one's found his limits yet. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, he died at the very end of the song. You, you can, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with, he got choked out. We'll never find out. <laughs> JD's going to be like, what do you think? And I'll be like, well, fuck, I don't, I don't know. I was hoping you tell me. Um, <laughs> which gets us into heel turn too. So for people who don't know what right. heel turn is, why don't you tell them what a heel is or heel okay. turn. So you've got, you've got two categories mm-hmm. of people. You've got the heel mm-hmm. and you've got the baby face or just known as the face. Mm-hmm. The heel is the bad guy. The baby face is the good guy. A heel turn is when the face turns into a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Good guy goes into a bad guy. Um, and I, I really like, this song, this is one of my favorite ones lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it happens a lot throughout this album, like really getting into the mindset of this stuff, like how much, it, you know, you kind of see this stuff as a vapid, something, you know, no stakes kind of thing. It's, you know, some buff dudes kind of shoving each other around for a little bit. Being um, jokes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this stuff, like means a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, he's, you know, concerned about, you know, disappointing his fans and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because these heel turns and stuff like that are usually, I, I would say a hundred percent of the time decided by the higher ups. Like, Hey, this is the story we're trying to tell. So you're a bad guy now. Or if the person thinks they're losing relevance, the way to bring them back up to being relevant is to take this person who's classically a face and turn him into a heel and basically exactly. shock everyone, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. and, um, it, this song right here is one, my favorite song lyrically on the record and my favorite song musically. And I'll get to that one, one a little bit. It's, I'm it's just, really good. I like that each verse is kind of broken down yeah. as like verse one is he's still kind of a baby face mm-hmm. thinking about what he's got to do. Verse two is more like, he's kind of starting to accept that he needs to be on the bad side. And then verse three is like fully kind of like reveling in this yeah. bad persona. Like, yeah. so when you, uh, when you're a bad guy and the crowd hates you, it's called getting heat. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the bad guys, really the wrestlers, like I think they really revel in getting that heat. It's just like getting cheers, but it's like, if you can get a crowd to hate you. Yeah. Yeah. That's something else. It's great. I know there's a story. I think it was, it's either Bailey or AJ Lee. I can't remember, or it might've even been, um, oh fuck. I can't remember her name right now. Um, who she was a face for so long. Um, but to get heat, she, <laughs> she yelled at like a little girl in the audience and made her cry. And she felt <laughs> so bad about it that she apologized afterwards. Cause these bad people aren't yeah. actually bad people. They're playing I, a role. I know hope um, he was a heel. Uh, he was a, he was a face, then a, then a heel, and then back to me a face. Like, I know he's done a few different turns. Hold he on. was a heel and uh, WCW okay. after he, like, defected to the, the other brand. Yeah, now they're back to, like, I think 
WWE or like now one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or uh, no, WCW kind of like crapped out. I think um, I think they bought the rights to the streaming content for uh, WCW. Okay. So now it's on the network. Okay. Um, I want to mention uh, one of the lines here, the bridge where he says, uh, president of the fan club of their choking on his tears, which to me is just so fucking like sad. Like, like you, Oh, I know I, you have this fan who's just like up there. Who's been with them for all these years. And then his face turns heel. I can't imagine the heartbreak he feels, you know? Oh like, yeah. Like you, you have to disappoint your most loyal fans. Yeah. And it, I don't know why, but I thought of like Bernie Sanders. Uh, so oh, really? yeah, here's, here's why, here's why. So when Bernie first uh, ran in 2016, um, when they were announcing, you know, who's voting for who, like the delegates, you know, he'd be like, you know, this person, though. And so, for example, one of Bernie's brothers, when he was, he was crying, when he mentioned Bernard Sanders, it's the person that his, as a delegate he's awarding, you know, because, because a lot of people were really, really, I mean, the people who loved Bernie, uh, me included, really, really wanted him to get the nomination. Right. And the fact that he didn't get it uh, the first time around really killed us. It really killed us the second round, t- time around, too. But uh, I got sort of people that were just so fucking pissed off that this happened that um, <laughs> that they, they just felt the, the betrayal of the establishment. Uh, right. Yeah, and so, like, choking on their tears because cause they, they put all everything into this and... They were let down, not by Bernie necessarily, but by by the thing that they were hoping would give to the quote unquote right person, which whichever way you feel about it, you know. So I don't know. My wife disagrees with me. You may disagree with me. That's what I got in my head when I hear that part. Is Bernie Sanders? Those his fans <laughs> crying, you know. Uh, his, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I the one that popped into my head was a decently recent heel turn i mean it's been a few years Mm -hmm. at least um but there used to be this stable this like tag team of three dudes Mm -hmm. called the shield that was uh, it was three dudes that were like they were good guys but they were like enforcers they'd you know go and do their thing Mm -hmm. um but you know they were best friends going through doing all this stuff (laughs) and then one of them seth rollins turned on him uh so he could basically like I think his whole thing was like he took the hype of him being good and people loving him and then like cashed in. That's what he said. He's like, I didn't, my favorite line, I still say it regularly is I didn't sell out. I cashed in, which he used to say is great. But yeah, he basically turned on everybody with a, or his crew with a chair and uh, aligned himself with Vince McMahon, the big corporation (laughs) uh, to be a bad guy. And he was, he was the biggest shithead and you loved him. Like he was whiny. Like basically he turned on everybody cause he got offered like, Hey, you'll, you'll be famous and you'll be all this stuff. So yeah, he kind of turned into just like a whiny famous person and it was great. Oh, I want to mention something about the end of this song. The last couple yeah. of minutes are just straight up piano, sort of jazz piano following the melody of this. When I saw this, I saw him, this is not the last time, but this, I saw him in Dallas and I was afraid that people who didn't know the record would be like, woo, at the end of the where it was just silent with the, the sparse piano notes. Uh-huh. The crowd was so fucking uh, respectful. Like, it was dead silent. You could hear a pin drop, except for John uh, on that piano playing those last That's parts. great. Yeah, and I was... And he kept... He played mm-hmm. played through the whole end yeah, part? Yeah, it was incredible. 
And I was that's cool. I was like, I want to give everyone a hug in that room because they didn't fucking ruin it for me. <laughs> you know, man, I cannot tell you how many concerts I've been to where it's like the second they start playing a slow song, you just hear like a wave of people talking. Oh, dude, no, they everyone was, just like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Everyone was silent. Everyone was transfixed. And you didn't hear like when somebody like uncomfortable, like, ah, woo, you know, like that. You didn't hear that at all. And I was so fucking, <laughs> I was so grateful to everyone. Uh, my wife was a little bit mad because we, I promised her we'd sit down, but we did not. <laughs> but, but let's get to that. I like, I like that it like almost like long outro part of the song is like a midpoint. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really separating any two things, but it's just kind of like it ends and you're like, all right, album's halfway done. It's like a nice little, little break. It's probably, it's probably the, uh, you know, turn over the second record part, um, which brings us mm-hmm. to fire editorial, which is John's favorite song on the record. It's a good one. It's, it's about it's, it's jazzy. the scariest bad guy, bad guy to him. Yeah, it's at also that time. it's also like a bossa nova sort of jazzy song. So that's, oh, yeah, that's why uh, that's why uh, John liked it because it was not like a mountain goat song. You know yeah, what I mean? Stepping kind of outside of what people expect, but that's not a strong point. So, but it, yeah, it's probably my least favorite song on the record, honestly. Oh <laughs> yeah, but this so, is about the Iron um, Sheik, right? Yeah, yeah, Iron Sheik. But yeah, back in the uh, lay another wrestling term on you back before people's kind of started to know this behind the scenes background stuff. People thought wrestling was real Mm -hmm. and they worked really hard to keep people thinking it was real. And they called that kayfabe. Mm. Um, So people would not drop kayfabe. So it's like when you're out in public, you have to act like you're the bad guy. When you're doing this, you have to act like you're the bad guy, like or you have to act like you're the good guy. Like you can't drop your character ever. You can't let people behind the scenes. Like they were super protective of it. So this was back during that time. So they which they, I think does almost make it scarier is his character at this time was he's a bad guy who like actually wanted to hurt people. He didn't care if he won, he just wanted to hurt you. Yeah, so when here they have like uh, what the state editorial has like lines like two blinded in Detroit, you know, read all about sort of stuff. But yeah, what they're talking about here is like basically like they're trying to make everyone who's gonna come see this guy terrified of him, you know, mm-hmm. which is but I mean, or hate him. Uh, there have been stories in the past of people, um, a baby face would lose to a bad guy mm-hmm. and they would legitimately have to sneak the bad guy out of the arena yeah. because fans would want to kill him. Yeah, turn apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he got too much heat. Yeah. Uh, I love the line uh, that they repeat, um, save this town, save everything not nailed down. Uh, I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it has all imagery like, you know, uh, blood tide fireball fucking, uh, smell the sulfur. Yeah, I think I think the Sheik had a uh, like a not like a fire gimmick, but it's like he would blow, he would shoot fireballs at people. Mm. Man, uh, yeah. So his real name is Ed Farhat. His mom was Lebanese, and he had to he had to uh, fucking he had to be a certain way out of the ring and in in and out of the, yeah. the same person. So he has one of the best twitters. Oh yeah, is it's it, so good. Is it is it him just saying like? horrible shit (laughs) no it's not horrible it's always like uh you know all this stuff i agree with but he's like still kind of saying it in character so he's (laughs) like being a like it's so hard to describe like being like a really nice asshole yeah yeah. oh okay have you ever heard of the uh the fake stone cold twitter 
He'd be he'd be like he's saying like things I really agree with, but in a stone cold way, you know, like like oh yeah, yeah, Oprah we'll, we'll can't whip ass on Trump or something like that, you know, like <laughs> like he was like uh, it was someone, something I wish Stone Cold was really like, but I know it's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Stone Cold is kind of like that though. He's got a podcast that's pretty good. Oh, you listen to it? I've listened to a couple. Yeah, he does he talks about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and because he's been in the business so long, it's like dudes telling stories and things like oh, that. Sure. Um, so after fire, fire editorial, we get to stand stab death outside San Juan. Are yeah. You, are you true fi- story. Are you familiar with King Kong body bruiser body at all? No, again, before my time, but yeah. I do know, uh, his story. Yeah. Um, where basically there was like some behind the scenes, scuffle like nobody quite knows the dude was like pulled aside this is a real thing like people talk shit and try to negotiate shit behind behind the curtain um i've heard he was kind of a kind of an asshole yeah in that like he wouldn't so there's another wrestling term called selling which is like people aren't actually hitting you the fighting is not real Mm -hmm. but when somebody hits you you got to pretend like it hurt really bad yeah but he was really protective of his character and didn't want him to get hurt. So there was times he would like undersell or he wouldn't sell at all. So he's like hitting him and he's just hitting him in quotes yeah. and he's just kind of standing there or he would hit for real. <laughs> Fuck. So it's like, he's in the ring, like actually punching somebody. It, yeah. So he behind the scenes scuffle, um, where basically dude was like stabbed in the shower by someone who was talking to him. And then the, the crowd and stuff was so big inside the stadium that paramedics couldn't get in. And apparently, and apparently everyone says that they weren't there, but didn't hear anything. Like, right. Yeah. And so basically they're like, yeah, let this fucker die. (laughs) You know, like that's why, I I mean, uh, you know, uh, with, with hits, everybody's shot, uh, shot room full of people. And no one hears a goddamn thing. And they all heard it. Exactly. And I think that was part of him kind of being a dick, but then there's also like, they probably wanted to protect the other guy. There's a lot of camaraderie in that scene. I do like the, Um, but then also took a long time for the paramedics to get in there because the crowd was so full, but then they couldn't get him onto uh, the stretcher or into the ambulance very well because this dude was huge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I, want to mention that this song starts out sort of slow with a quarter of. So John, the winter's wet, the summer's hot, uh, but but um, it ends with that that like basically just a a dramatic dun 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 dun. Yeah, tried- it gets it's very dramatic and maybe not like radio play e, but a little radio play. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a cool song. I like it. I like it's one of my favorites on oh, yeah. here. All right. uh, they, it seems like they also like John also moves like a lot closer yeah. to the microphone. Mm-hmm. Like he, he seems like it's like very intimate. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have these notes that I'm not even reading um, because uh, I'm just talking about the songs. Um, <laughs> I Werewolf gimmick is a great song. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of I guess, I guess it's kind of heavy. I guess in in terms of mountain good song, it's a uh, I. Di- John says that that John said about the song is that we haven't played been playing this one too much for your passing out because you're supposed to protect oh, your really? yeah. <laughs> um, so J- John's kind of I guess yells a lot in this song, but it's about a guy who gets really into character, like his character is like a werewolf, 
you know? Yeah, which I think I think he's being purposefully like over the top or a little mm-hmm. hyperbolic to talk about mm-hmm. people getting lost in their characters. Yeah, it's just a cool because there is have. this. Yeah, there's this idea that you know people are their characters, and I do think there are some people who maybe take it a little too far. I do, I do want to mention someone who was a character and then turned into that person, not a wrestler, but Andrew Dice Clay. Was a character. Oh, yeah. And now he's Clay. <laughs> yeah, he's Dice Man. He's that guy. I don't like Andreas Clay. I think he sucks. He's not my yeah. he's not my type of uh, <laughs> he's not my type of comedian, but his story is so interesting. Um It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway. But I I thought this song was really interesting because there's like metal drums on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like death metal yeah, yeah, sounding yeah. drums that they match and they sound really cool, but it's like this isn't a metal song. Oh, uh, uh, quick uh, little uh, inside baseball with John Daniel. He loves mm-hmm. de- he loves death metal. How can you not? I know he loves. <laughs> that's like he like, like I I forget what he mentioned in his top ten records of the year, but half of them were death metal records. That's one of that's one of those ones that those uh, genres that I really like, mm-hmm. um, but I don't talk about nearly enough. Is death metal? Yeah, it's it's like verging on guilty pleasure, and mostly it's. I don't. I'm not guilty about it, but it's less like me being like, "Hey, just <laughs> check out check out this death metal album. You'll love the bleeding by Cannibal Corpse." It's like I'm not <laughs> recommending it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's something you like. Um, yeah, but the, like the song. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah. Everybody in this building right now, dead before dawn. Oh my god! I get, yeah, getting I, a little too into the character. <laughs> like one of the lines is "get told to dial it back backstage." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, when you want to cut that down a bit, like making me a little, yeah you, having you, trouble turning it off. Yeah, you guys are getting a little weird out there because he apparently he he makes people bleed a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinks uh, he's the werewolf. Yeah. And one thing I like about this one is it it doesn't like talk about it, but it does touch on it. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of gimmicks aren't thought up by the people doing it. Yeah. They're given to you by the creative staff. So this dude is hyper buying into a lame gimmick, a lame, <laughs> like I'm a werewolf gimmick. There was one gimmick that I love. That's still really, still really famous. I don't think it even matched or lasted a single match. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the shock master who was basically this big dude who wore a, painted glittery uh stormtrooper from star wars helmet <laughs> and his introduction was supposed to be on a talk show where he like burst through a wall oh my god but he's wearing a mask here yeah. like you know yeah. the mystery who's it gonna be yeah. but he trips on the on like the bottom part of the wall falls over mask falls off is immediately revealed who it is and then they never talked about him again <laughs> oh my god because i guess that's supposed to be your thing keep that mask on that wasn't who you are and yeah, I, who's the shock master? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to send you the uh, okay. the interview clip because it's so funny because he bursts through and everyone's like, oh, holy shit. And he's like, eh, and he falls <laughs> over. <laughs> I'll look this up. Um, which brings us to the next song, Luna. Uh, yeah. I've actually, Luna, um, about Luna um, Vachon, Vachon? Uh Luna Vachon, who is a now dead wrestler. She was, um, she, uh, at the point in her life when she retired, um, uh, her house burned down, right? Mm-hmm. All of it. She this 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 song sort of starts out talking about this uh, has been wrestler watching her life burn down around her, you know exactly. Um, but I think it's really interesting to kind of juxtapose it with the uh, like the life of a wrestler, mm-hmm. which is like you're not home often, so yeah. like 
the place that for most people represents the life you've built is a place you aren't there for. Yeah. Uh, so it might be, you know, something since she retired, she had moved into and was able to kind of enjoy that life. And then it immediately burnt down. But JD loves stories like this, or he writes right and love them, but he likes to write stories about people that, that have lost their way. He has, he has an idea of like, these people are tragic characters. And he's a right. writer. So he's, he's thinking about tragic characters and, Luna Vachon is definitely one of the tragic characters because shortly after she was a born again Christian, but shortly after her house burned down, she uh, died of a drug overdose, like a couple months. Man, after. that sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the song talks about that moment in her life. You know. Uh, yeah, it's definitely you know a song that's on the slower and sadder side. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I like on here is there's this little like bl- bass flourish that shows up every, every so often. Yeah. That I think it sounds really cool. Yeah, I, the uh, the bass player, this Peter Hughes, is really um, he really brings the interesting things to this record, especially. Um, but uh, uh, what's going on, Masked? Yeah, which is uh about potentially being unmasked, which is an career. awful thing to happen to you. Yeah, basically, it, some people do kind of go on with it. Um, but you more or less like can't put the mask back on. And as we saw in like werewolf gimmick and some of the other stuff, like this mask is a character. It's a part of you that becomes part of your identity. So you're, you're kind of free of like this gimmick, Mm -hmm. but it's the identity you're tied to. And so like, and a lot of people, when they get the mask, when they get the mask off, they, they know that's the sort of beginning of the end for them. Like, like they won't be mm -hmm. doing this for much longer. So unless they can come back to it, um, there are some people who have persisted. I remember watching an unmasking live on TV of a cane. Yeah. And I remember it specifically because I was kind of starting to get in a little bit. I like, I was definitely younger, but I was, you know, understanding how the storytelling worked. I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's predetermined. It's all that stuff. So Kane can't lose because the match stipulation was it basically like, Triple H, if you lose, you have to retire. Kane, if you lose, you have to take off your mask or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, well, Kane wouldn't take off his mask. And then he lost and yeah. they had to pull off his mask. But I think it's a good example of you, you get a little bit of a on this song of like you lose this identity and this thing that people love, but you do have this freedom to kind of become your own thing, like grow into your own wrestler, which is what he was able to do. Apparently, Ray Mysterio is one of those people that took off his mask uh, and had a glitter career without a mask and then put the mask back on. Yeah, which you're typically not supposed to do, but yeah. he was, yeah. yeah. I don't think people cared. I love Ray Mysterio. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember playing like the wrestling games in Nintendo 64 where you can make your own character. That was badass. Uh-huh. That was amazing. I love that. <laughs> Um, I still think the best wrestling uh, video game of all time is uh, either Know Your Role or Here Comes the Pain or Bring the Pain. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Mm. What's it on? But I own I own uh, the the PS2 ones okay, were good. all really good. Okay. Um, you want to move on to Battle of Bull Ramos? Yeah. Um, it's kind of uh, you do see it a lot more with older wrestlers. It's about you know old wrestlers kind of holding on to the glory days. Mm-hmm. And this, it's this, a hard, hard sport to move on from. Yeah, and this song is actually like it sort of gives a really noble sort of um, the Bull Ramos, uh, real, real wrestler, um, 
sort of talks about his final days and you know that seem that would seem kind of shitty to you and me, but John explains this way that Boromos was pretty badass to live in. Like he was a pretty good dude until he died. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. And it's but it does kind of cast a light a bit on the fate of mm-hmm. legacy wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like you see it now. It's like go to any any like comic convention or pop culture convention. And that's mostly where these old wrestlers hang out is like, they go charge some money for um, autographs and stuff like that. Like the wrestler. And that's just, yeah, that's just kind of all they do or they'll hop back in and kind of help out behind the scenes or they'll train people. Yeah. This, Um, this dude just went to Houston. uh, He would, um, he would, uh, you know, tow away vehicles and, and work in the junkyard and, and fuck up and, uh, and, you know, just sort of, waste away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I the, well, one I, thing I do like about it is you got this idea that like the, the actions or the legacy do kind of outlive the person. Like mm-hmm. he's no longer, you know, that famous wrestler. He's no longer the person he was, but he's still, he still is the person he was. Yeah, like for example, when the like, doctor recognized me as operating theater goes dim. Aren't you that wrestler with the bull whip? Yes, sir. That's me. I'm him. Okay. Yep. I love that. I put in the clip on purpose, that part. Um, yeah, and there's the part where it's like he loses a leg, a kidney, maybe his eyes. Um, but he, I mean, he's still the famous wrestler. Like that's yeah. something he he can't lose. Like he, you've got that legacy built up. And he talks about how he uh, he he sort of had a, an idea what to do after after wrestling. You know, like he says, uh, all my friends have no place to turn to. You know, all those wrestlers who lost all their money, they can go hang out with Bull. I do. I do also like to keep my hair nice and long because I behave because I can, which mm-hmm. sort of lose the next song on this because a lot of people who get that we'll talk about hair match next, but if they lose their hair, they can't really get it back. You know. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Bull almost is probably my second second or third favorite song on the record. I really love. It's a song. good. It's a good track. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite song on this? Are you into that or have you? Uh, I think my favorite track was. Uh, Stabbed outside, stabbed to death outside San Juan. Interesting, it's like one of my least favorites, but oh, really? Yeah, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the hair match was a very slow song and it's a closer. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting closer, it's more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I like it. It's so a hair match is if you lose the match, you have to shave your head, yeah, and it's apparently super uh humiliating if especially if you have a big and nice long hair. Um, yeah, well, there was, um, or if you're known for your hair, mm. uh, one person who was in a hair match uh, was disgraced President Donald Trump <laughs> back in the early 2000s. He law or he won because um, mm. I think he hired someone to work for him. It was stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's stupid, but yeah, yeah. Um, he was in one. But there was there was a time where there were just like a bunch of really weird stipulation matches mm-hmm. and they're, they're still kind of around but it's like you've got the buried alive match which mm-hmm. there's like an open grave next to the ring and you <laughs> win by pushing someone in and burying them um there's a bra and panties match which you need to strip somebody yeah all the way down uh there's a kiss my ass or a kiss me arse match mm-hmm. um which is if you lose you have to kiss the other person on the butt did rikishi do that did he huh <laughs> did rikishi do that uh, he might. I think he was part of it. So he had yeah. that, that move, the stink face or whatever. Where he yeah. shake his ass in your face, which <laughs> I guess is a move. It's a signature move, but man, um, 
Uh, but yeah, it, it's it feels like it's hair matches were kind of part of that thing. It's more about humiliating the other person because they lost more so than, uh, you know, any sort of other stakes like a belt or bragging rights or something. Yeah, uh, I do like uh, I do like I loved you before I knew what love was like. I have no clue mm-hmm. what that means. Probably the scripted line on the whole fucking record, but uh, but yeah. it's a good line. Yeah. Um, I want to mention something real quick uh, about wrestling. I got really drunk with my friend Jareth, and we went to this bar in Texas called the Boneyard or whatever, and uh-huh. we found these. This is so gross, but we were so drunk we found these half drinking beers that were left on the table. And me and him, I know we drank those beers, and he told me about the most electrifying moment in sports entertainment history was the people's elbow. <laughs> You use that term. Oh yeah, it's, most electrifying moment in sports, sports entertainment history. It's well, yeah, it's over. the most electrifying move. Oh yeah. All right, man. The Mountain Goats beat the champ. One of the better records, honestly. I mean, they've really. It was great. I, a, I'm glad you picked this one because since their discography is so big, yeah. it's hard to like figure out where where to like hop in. Because like I know we listen to Sunset Tree, yeah. But I feel like every time they come out with a new album, I'm like. Ooh, this one's about knives. I want to listen to that. Yeah, Ooh, this one's knives. about this. Yeah, this so, one's about D and I know about that. So, I I think it's I think it's cool, especially if you want something very specifically themed that sticks onto the theme. I I just really like this one. Yeah. So, uh, Mountain Goats beat the champ. It's probably. I mean, I, again, they have 15 records. I don't know what it, it's in their better half. <laughs> I guess that's the way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's where it's sort of the record where John starts to branch out musically a lot. Um. Like with fire editorial. After this, he goes deep, like in like like he's recording shit in Muscle Shoals now, like using like the, <laughs> the session musicians because he's like excited that he gets to do that. You know, he's like I'm here, yeah, at that place. But um, yeah, you yeah. guys can catch us on Spotify, and um, let's talk about worth checking out if you're a if you're a wrestling fan or curious about wrestling. So let's talk about the OCs. Well, I think we should. Okay. Um. So uh. What is your history at the OCs? Uh, it kind of weird. So I fur like I've like known about them. Like they've mm. kind of been in the background. People are like, oh, this this is good. This is good stuff. Um, but the thing that made me try to listen to them is I was in a history of rock and roll class, <laughs> and some kid whose name I think was like Colton or something. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, shout out to Colton. Um, so cool. Did like a uh, a presentation on them. And I was like, this sounds up my alley. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll check them out. And I listened to it, and it was not up my alley. <laughs> and I think it was because of the way they'd been, like, sold to me. They mm-hmm. were, like, it just, I think people were, like, suggesting the wrong things or comparing them to the wrong things, so I didn't have the right context for it. So I listened to it as that. It, uh, I was just like, no, nah, this, isn't, this isn't what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they came out with an album called Smoke Reverser. And I was like, all right, I'll check this one out. And the opening track just like completely caught my attention. Yeah. And ever since then, it's I I've been checking them out, and they've kind of slowly become one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Um, when I listened to this, I was like, "This is really Ryan." <laughs> like, like, yeah. You you texted me when you were like four songs in. Yeah. You were like, "This is a Ryan album." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think they're a really interesting band. Um, so right now their name is OCs, O S E E S. Okay. Um, but their name has changed like so many times. So they started off as uh, Orinoke Crash Suite, mm-hmm. and then Orange County Sound, and then OCS, 
and then the OCs, and then the OCs, uh-huh. and then OCs spelled O H S E E S, and then now they are currently OCs O S E E S. They just kind of like keep changing it slightly. And it's it's, and it's I think it, it's this is John John Dwyer's like band. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of like lineup changes, uh-huh. um, but John Dwyer is kind of the main member he sings he plays guitar he kind of he does like a little bit of everything he messes around with synth and he does weird sounds um but in this iteration it's also got tim hillman on bass thomas dolis on keyboard dan rinkin on drums paul quatron on second drums oh yeah i hear that um and then there's a former member uh who you'll get a kick out of yeah chris owens hey me on tambourine yeah that's me dude (laughs) Um, yeah um so one of the ways this band has kind of become one of my favorites is you know i've liked listening to the albums um but they did a really good job of like handling covid Mm -hmm. they did uh three streaming concerts Mm -hmm. that i watched every single one of they charged like five bucks for and you'd have access to it for like a month yeah I watched other live concerts. Like I watched a Mastodon one. They charge like, I think they charge like 20 bucks for it. And you had access to it for like 48 hours. I watched a Primus one that was around the same price that you also didn't have access to it for very long. These concerts are also the OCs ones are now free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. They like waited two months. And they're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. People can just have them. And they're amazing. Yeah. Amazing concert shot really well. Um, so yeah, they did those concerts. They released a bunch of music, a um, bunch of side projects, Bent Arcana, Witch Egg, Endless Garbage by John Dwyer. They did one or two OCs albums. And one of those albums was like a remix album of one of the albums that was really cool. They got into like NFTs. Like <laughs> they just did everything they could to kind of just keep stuff coming out. They repressed I mean, a bunch even, of records. Even before that, the OCs were pretty fucking prolific. Two records like a year or something like that. Oh, I was I was gonna get to the uh the album release dick measuring okay. in a second right. um, <laughs> with the album I chose. Um so this album, uh Face Stabber, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think it's pretty cute that beat the champ was what would you say is 17th yeah 15th 15th record 15th okay this is the oc's 22nd album (laughs) 2019's face stabber um so i've been asked both by you Mm -hmm. and other people how the fuck is this a jock jams album okay i'm ready to hear it dude um i have recently gotten back into like exercise mm-hmm. and the only thing i listen to when i exercise is the ocs <laughs> um i i have i now go to the gym like every other day Literally. and ever since we decided or i decided on this being the album mm-hmm. i've listened through face stabber for my workout <laughs> so i've probably listened to it like maybe 10 times yeah. so far in the gym since i suggested it and then just driving around so do you have a gym membership or do you get the one in your in your place? Oh, there's one in the apartment. That's oh, yeah. what I go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also was, you know, running before I decided to hit the gym. Yeah, so yeah. I'd, you know, put on face saber while I ran. Like <laughs> yeah. that's it's it's pretty much all I listen to. It is um it's my favorite of their albums. Mm-hmm. It's very jammy. You have it on vinyl, right? Oh yeah. How, how many discs at three? 
It's two. Two? Okay, they did that. All right, cool. Because, like, yeah, it's um, it's just uh, it's a long, it's an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah, um, it's it's double this album. This is the longest record that you've assigned me. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to pick the good ones. Um, so they described this album as SoundCloud hip-hop reversed, uh, a far-flung nemesis of contemporary country, and... Uh, I don't, can't even read what that word says. Flashia algorithmic pop barf. Okay. I mean, all that's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Cause it's, that's not what this sounds like. Um, but this does sound good. I, I have future fire too. Um, that one, uh-huh. which is uh, fi- fine, but it didn't get me into the OCs as much as I thought it would. Um, but I've listened to this record a lot, like, you know, uh, on repeats for the past couple of days, just to, get ready for the episode and i mean i have riffs stuck in my head or runs stuck oh in my yeah head from this thing. you know like i'm walking around but um but uh so i i got a fun story mm-hmm. about the cover of this album okay do you want to do that before the, the front, i the sampler we're gonna i'm gonna say it right now okay do it okay. I'll drag this intro but out as long quick, as i can really quick i want to say it looks like a green gore without the extra second arms like that, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's like a goblin or an orc or whatever, on a, I don't know. It's like red orange background. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the story is really interesting because it opened up my mind to just like how weird the art world is. Yeah. <laughs> so, John Dwyer found the cover for this album on eBay because he was shopping for van side art. Van side? So, like, you know, people used to paint yeah. and airbrush the sides of vans. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they cut those off, and they sell them as paintings now. Nice, nice. So, he found this one, um, tracked the guy down, who had painted this in, like, the 70s for a, <laughs> like, a certification for being a official Frank Frazetta artist <laughs> that could paint, on, paint it professionally on the side of vans, who's, like... I, he works in like finance or something now, like yeah. called the dude and was like, Hey, this isn't a scam, yeah. but I want to use this as a cover of your album. And he's just like, how did you even find this? Who are you? Yeah. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And so they had to go through this whole thing of like convincing this dude, like, no, it's all in the up and up. I buying your van side <laughs> off eBay. <laughs> and one of my favorite art genres is van side art. Oh, yeah. Cause it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a very weird I feel like way to find something. Van side art. Uh, just the idea of it. I'm like, it's not artists trying to say something. They're just trying to make something look cool. You mm-hmm. know? And that's a cool photo. I mean, it's a cool paint. The, if the front of this album is undoubtedly cool to me. Like the cover of this record. I love oh, it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as, this uh this band hyping me up they also have really energetic live shows and i think they do a good job of capturing it on the album so it it hypes me up to have you ever seen them live no i wish i had they uh they played here two nights ago but it was sold out and Uh, nobody i couldn't find anybody that was like i can't make it buy my tickets yeah you would be like i'm there (laughs) but uh, yeah i would have canceled whatever i had going on and gone up there Um, okay, uh, well, now we can play the sampler. We can talk about OCs. This is the version that's OCs, O-H-S-E-E-S, uh, Face Stabber. You can find Spotify and other, other places, right? Yeah, the record store. Yeah, 
is, is, yeah, go buy it. All right, this is um, OC's face stab. I'm afraid so. That is not face stab. That is not. That's actually a Wallace Shawn by accident. Right, here we go, face stabber. That was OC's face stabber. Okay, so uh, this this record is wild. Um, <laughs> so like like right when um like like you said I was four tracks in, like even from the first track, which is like fifteen minutes long. Um, uh, first track is seven minutes and fifty okay. seconds. Now, not as long as hell, but it's called the daily uh the daily having uh, daily ha- daily having heavy. Um, now Charles Wire says a song like I'm gonna read what it says. A song about the daily gluttonous consumption of information, misinformation, and conjecture, and how it weighs on every person like a stone. I just get that from the hot title. I don't get that from anywhere else on this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there's there's a little bit in there. It little bit, yeah. Definitely I mean, lean a little more on the uh, the psychedelic side. So this movie um, has some wild shit. Like it starts out like a squeaky toy. Like I love it. It's one of my favorite parts. Uh, it gives my wife anxiety. We were listening to it in the car, and she's like, "I can't with this song." Like, <laughs> and then it's it making me anxious. Has some ba ba ba. Yeah, ba ba ba. You a bird is a word sort of feeling. To yeah, this they're song. like gerbled yeah. and like uh, there's like scatting. It's a grooving song because it built around this 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 bass line, you know. And yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. Oh, it is okay. <laughs> um, it's it like it perfectly hypes me up. Like I don't know if it's like the BPM or what, but there's something about this song that it's just it's like perfect just, for running around. Oh, so you run around to the song? This is a song you run to? Like what? Yeah, or like, I pick up your... heavy things. Okay. <laughs> put them back down. So, so pick you, them up again. Do you have someone who's uh, repping, like holding, like like holding the bar for you, or is it just you? you just... No, our gym doesn't have anything like that. Oh, okay, but you're it's like some free weights and stuff. I'll pick them up and put them down. Oh yeah, you can do that. I mean, you don't need you don't need someone above you holding your thing, especially if a. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't go like crazy heavy or anything. Yeah. I'm I, not gonna die. I remember I had a gym in my apartment. I went there. I was I was I was running for like every other day or so, like a good hour, mm-hmm. an hour and a half, just doing the cardio. And this dude came in there. I remember this dude came in there. He lifted like these heaviest weights he could, like like eight times, and that was it. And he was done. I was like, this, this what the fuck? Like he just walked out. Well, like, yeah, when you when you lift that heavy, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't just, have to lift them that much. Yeah, I guess not. Um, but um, anyway, daily heavy. Uh, it's a it's a jamming song. It's got weird shit like babas in it. Like, ba-ba, like, like after every every line, there was a sort of refrain of baba, which I laughed out loud. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like the drums and the bass kind of like lay this groundwork for the uh, guitar to solo over. There There's is, like all these like swirling synths. There is this uh, part in this whole throughout this whole record where they have this guitar player where he does a bunch of just scratching noises. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, that's like, I thought it was just this song. It sounds like every fucking song. It's so, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like the, the, he's there, like, sort of like, it's, it's muted on like the third, like, harmonic vet, uh, but he's just like sort of scratching. And I'm like, that's got to be interesting to see live, like what he's doing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I love this song. It gets more like psychedelic as it goes on. The guitar starts to get more textural. I think it's where some of the scratching comes in. So I want to mention the scats so- return. The keyboard kind of overtakes some things. I want to mention a glue dude with a gun look of wonder. Like it's got some. <laughs> that was the only line I wrote down too. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the weirdest line in there. Like, well, no, it's he's talking about you know those people who are huffing glue and toting guns. Like yeah. they're the ones who are consuming this misinformation and conjecture and all that shit. So as much I do, I do one drug basically. Um, unless you can't, unless you got drinking, right. But well, I count caffeine, caffeine. Ooh, I, well, I don't drink that much caffeine, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, and where you are, it's not even fucking legal. Where you are we smoking weed? Like, like you can go to the corner store probably. I don't know where they sell it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked for it. Yeah. You know, why, why would you, um, but I mean, cause like, Part of it, I think, is when we make it legal, we make it less cool, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I want to be so cool. Yeah. So. (laughs) No, no, I don't. Everybody's doing it, not for me. Yeah, yeah. You're outside, you smell, you're like, who cares? Um, But, um, (laughs) and you know, I don't want to talk about too much. People listen. Um, But, um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, but, 
okay, we'll talk about smoking in this song in this record later. But um, um, but this song is a cool song. It does. It has. It has what I felt like John Dwyer was doing is they took every single idea he had and put it in this record. Oh yeah. And even if it, it, was, it does, I feel like it's a, it's a very good, except for like the most more folky sounds. Like it's a very good representation of what you can get across multiple OCs albums. And, and the thing is about this record is also is that even if they weren't good ideas, he fully commits them till they're good ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, that's this album has been described as uh, self-indulgent or overindulgent, mm-hmm. and I agree, but I like it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm always into some of that more like self-indulgent stuff. Like, yeah, let your weird side show. Do yeah. some things. Make a make three of the songs on here be super long. <laughs> Let's move on to the second song. Because, yeah. Well, one thing I want to yeah. I want to point out it. It doesn't really have anything to do with Daily Heavy, or it does, but <laughs> kind this of, whole yeah. album is two drummers, um, oh, and they play off each other. They're not playing the same thing. Yeah. It's like you got like fills and stuff kind of moving all over the the sound spectrum, and they play off of each other really well. This this record is a lot like a, dry, dry, a jazz record. Is that I don't think that a lot of this they can recreate live because it's just them jamming a lot. I mean, they're pretty good at jamming. They maybe can't create it exactly yeah, live, yeah. but they uh, I, they they get within the ballpark. Yeah, and which is cool. I mean, like 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 I was, I was in. The, there's a healthy mixture of improv in this record. Like oh, like, tons, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, um, the experiment. Let's move on. The experiment. Um, I, I wrote down right away. Fuzzy Walker. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. <laughs> It, well, it's it, it's got like a punk meets funk vibe. Like, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of like wah and kind of like. Yeah, yeah. I love the the run in this the the guitar like stuff I could never play. Like like yeah, I was like, well, there's not. I'm gonna try to do that. Like I could do it, but very slowly. Like like like, but um, yeah. This song uh, is kind of talking about um. John Dwyer, like he he says it. Uh, he did a thing for like Sound Gram or Stereo. I can't remember what the outlet is. Stereo Gum. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, about like what each song says. So it says it at the bottom of Genius. I forgot to write this one down. I got it. Um, uh, a misanthrope walks to the. Sh- a misanthrope walks to the streets, hungry for human action, but is dismayed by every chance meeting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he comes across people. It's like you know, people are laying around doing nothing, but then complaining that there's nothing going on, nothing happening. Like not, you know, not creating stuff that they want to happen. There's like, there's nothing happening. (laughs) This, um, I, again, I'm, I'm more of like focused on the instrumentation of the whole thing because it, it's wild and it's there. Everyone's super technically proficient. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like I feel the way that they're doing, it makes it sound effortless. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, watch them play live. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy how just they feel so comfortable in this space, which is why I think I like this more experimental style for OCs because it's like they're so comfortable with each other that it's they do a really good job of like capturing those like lightning in a bottle moments, I really that, stretching out their jams. I think it's crazy that um that John Dwyer has a clear SG. It's so cool looking. It's got an aluminum neck on it too. I bet it's super, like super heavy. I can't imagine how heavy it is. Probably just a loose sight body. You know what I mean? Like, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and like like the thing on you like don't 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 drop it because you know it might look cooler. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I like the line in this one. Uh, everybody's doing everybody else's thing, and everybody's talking about how it should be. <laughs> it's like nobody's got anything original to do or say anymore, but they've got opinions about what everyone else is doing. Every god like, should... you get the blah 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 on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like right near the end, um, it chills out for a second and you yeah. get them kind of like playing around on the synths yeah. and then it goes into this like jungle beat yeah. breakdown yeah, with right. like whistles and like a squealy saxophone. Yeah, I put down a uh, a, a very percussion with a wicked run. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. And like, then it hits back to the hard rock just right there at the end. Yeah. It, which brings us into Face Stabber. The song. Titular track. Yeah, it's a track. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an aggressive instrumental track which uh my favorite songs on here are the aggressive ones by the way oh yeah yeah uh, they they hit the aggressive stuff really well uh what does he say about this one it's a song to stab faces to yeah, or something did, like little that. did he stab faces to which is fine i mean that's exactly yeah. <laughs> uh it's a uh, I, I wrote down a faster song uh jd he's got ideas and um i really want this song is about aggressive for about the first two minutes and the last half you hear like what sounds like either like bird robotic birds or like the, what you hear in like a, a sci-fi movie with just a spaceship noise in the inside, you know? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. like do the background, like let's say the sets off the, the, the crew's off to lunch and that's what you hear in the control room when no one's there. Just the, mm-hmm. that's what I got from it. Like it's, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself like, like what a fucking crazy, weird, cool thing to do. You know? Yeah, they they it sounds like they found like some found sounds and then like messed with them sonically. Mm-hmm. It was it's cool. really cool. Yeah, I like the uh, there's like this interplay between like punk and prog in here, and it kind of like bounces back and oh, forth through this like punky this and... whole record, man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it keeps kind of like hopping back between like it's heavy and then it's jammy and then it's mm-hmm. heavy and then it's jammy. Yeah, and... um, I think it's a uh, a great name for a song and an album. Um, but uh, I, it feels weird. Be like they found a really good name mm-hmm. and then they stuck with it. But it's weird to me that it's not one of the like two big like I, I'll call them like set piece tracks. <laughs> like they wouldn't call one of those face yeah. stabber. Oh, and yeah, we'll get yeah. to later. Yeah, because yeah, this sounds like 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 a side dish or like a piece of chocolate part of the meal. But they made yeah. the, the 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 track of the whole name of the record, which I thought was kind of weird that it's just sort of stuck in there and they just, oh yeah, this is this is the thesis we want. It's people think of a space face stabber. Um, what's Either it? way, it's a cool name. Yeah. Snicker Snee, though. Um, yeah. This is the only overtly political song on the record, I would say. Just because they say politicians? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, walk, so, around, walk around with those a, expired uh, eyes, politicians telling you lies, the possessive breath you breathe, holding that feculence around. so to kind of get what's going on Uh because he keeps saying i'm coming right behind you snickersnee is the oc's version of saying like snickersnack which is lewis carroll's way of describing how a sword swinging sounds oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. Mm. so he's sneaking up on people spreading their lies do you want uh, john uh john dwyer's one or two sentence uh, explanation of the song yeah let's hear it the tapping keyboard is mightier than the swinging sword. Because no one really swords anymore, do they? 
had to hold a sword when you're dragging all this. Sh- no, hard to hold a sword when you're dragging all this shit around. Yeah. Yeah. Except he's coming with a sword. Yeah. He's in a snickersnack behind you. Um, yeah. The stuff. But yeah, it's this one's got good lines. It's got um, suffocating influx of your feed. Uh, I, no more sighing every time you breathe. I, I do like the uh, melody of this song. Like it's 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 one song that has actual like singing melody in it. You know, <laughs> but it, this song grooves like crazy too. You know, it's I love it. And this is this is one of my favorite ones that they play live. They played it in their um, uh, third concert of their little concert series, and they they changed the ending part a bit where it's a little bit more jammy. And cool. Was this a single? I don't know. I Did this even I, have a single? Yeah, uh, yeah. You want to guess what it is? Uh, okay. Um, did we already listen to it in this point? Nope. Oh, only guess. Well, it's, actually, yeah. So there were three singles from this. Okay. The Daily Heavy. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, Poison Stones. Okay. And Hinchlock. Hinchlock. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Here, here's half the record in one song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, uh, but I love uh, I love Snickersnee. I love the little like ending jam thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, it's just so good. Yeah. I think the bass groove is really cool. Uh, yeah. Super catchy. Yeah. Um, how do you pronounce the next song? Uh, Fushi, Fushi. I think I put Fuxy. <laughs> Fuxy. Because <laughs> if you look at my name, no Fuxy, Fuxy. Um. But th- this starts out with a. This has magnificent guitar work, like like. This was this was the track you texted me, and you were like, "This is a Ryan album." Yeah. Um, uh, this also has weird noises at the end of the song, but uh, uh, I, oh, man, I ha- I don't know what to say about it. Um, it's uh, so. What does John Dwyer say about uh, John it? John Dwyer says, "A bent and fantastical take on the construction and subsequent destruction of the human race and the planet." Okay. Um, there's a bunch yeah. of, it has the bum, bum, bum in this, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's got some cool, like scrambly guitar. I think oh, it was the yeah. only way I could describe it. Like his solos in here are very yeah. interesting sounding. Yeah. Uh, but then they got the, they got the guitar to almost sound like a saxophone. Yeah. I got that too. Cause at it, different point, which was cool. I, I really enjoyed the, the way they were using the guitars. Like, like that's guitar, but is it? <laughs> like a lot of that in this. <laughs> you know like um they really made their they really made they really made me pay attention when it's kind of hard to not at some points like like for mm-hmm. example like uh we'll get to it when we get to these really long songs but but uh this song's for five minutes 20 seconds it doesn't feel that long you know no a lot of these tracks feel shorter and mm-hmm. maybe it's because you know the, it opens with a long track. Yeah, the middle point is a long track, and then it ends with a long track. So, like, all the tracks between those seem short. At the end of this um, actually sounds like dripping in a uh, trash can, like dripping water on a, on a trash can. Like, like that's what it sounds like to me. Because like, it's just a weird sound they're doing. Either oh, yeah. percussion or a guitar mixed in there, but it's, like, it's there. And it's... But preceding that is the track just kind of ends with, like, squealing oh, and squelching, yeah. like, synth fuzzy noises like it's like it was like a noise solo i love it when they do shit like that when they, they do these squalls and it just sounds so dirty it's so fucking yeah. cool <laughs> um uh but after the dripping i, w- I do want to talk about uh, scutum and, Sur- and serpus uh scorpus scorpus 
So this this rec- this track has so many ideas in it, but one of the things that it right away and I, I use this term, it's got um, it's got it's real sexy. Honestly, it's a, it's it's got sexy walls and real booty to it. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, you know. Yeah, no, this track is booty for sure. Yeah, uh, the keyboard is right out front too. In the beginning of this, that's what you hear the keyboard. It's yeah. So. Uh, one of the things in the uh, construction of this track is they recorded like the main body of it. And Mm -hmm. then John Dwyer went to the keyboard player and was like, Hey, this needs like an opening. And I'm thinking something like the band camel. (laughs) So he's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. So then they, so he did that. And then they wrote that little, like it's got the synth opening, which is cool. And then there's like that little middle bit where they jam for a little bit before the song actually takes off. Do Um, you want to know what, what John Dwyer has to say about it? I do. Soldier lays wounded in the field after a surprise attack. Fear slips away as life recedes, and the universe expands before their eyes. I can totally uh, see yeah, that. I definitely see that. That's too. what it sounds like. Yeah. Sounds like the universe expanding and revealing itself while while the dude's dying. In the words, um, in the words, see that. I looked at what it says. Pan voice on the CNR, and that's combat something radio. So it's mm-hmm. like a combat nation or something like that. But yeah, it's it it's the, one of the things that I think is really cool about how it starts out like that and ends as I gaze at the starry mirror. I'm like, that's fucking cool. This song and is... And then that's where that's where the jamming starts. This is from my second favorite song on the record. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely up there for me. It grew on me. I used to skip it. Oh, yeah? Uh, like, I'm, I'm not really 14, 14 and a half minutes of this. Yeah, it is 14 minutes. I, I like longer songs. I know you know yeah. that. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. It I, I did like the more aggressive stuff, what, and then what I used to turn with the guitars on this because again it has a it has a groove in the bottom, but the the guitars park a word around the song. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they find the most creative way and get back right in the key at the very last moment. You know, like that's why I, I was digging the, the fact that they did something that sounds so fucking off the wall, but it makes sense at the end. You know? What oh, I mean? for sure. With, especially with yeah. the guitar work, I was I was I was I was in awe with that. I remember. I was working there. I said, holy fuck. <laughs> like that, like a few times during this song, you know? I, I love it. I like the whole jammy part makes me think of like going through space, uh, like 2001 style. Oh, you know, very like yeah. psychedelic imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one time, uh, I, I went to a bar and they had this uh, at, on the jukebox. Oh yeah! So I paid the, oh, paid the no. dollar to play it. Oh no! <laughs> I really people like like you ever heard that bit by John Mulaney playing "What's Up with Pussy Pussycat"? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it yeah. felt very much like that. <laughs> I'm sure you're into it. Though. You're like, yeah, this song's so badass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this song definitely moved up as one of my favorites. Like, I love all the big, the bigger songs on here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots of guitar soloing and nice, just kind of like slow. Funky jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to move on to Golu? Yeah. Um, this is a punk song. It's a minute and 52 mm-hmm. seconds. John, John DeWire has says, The Campbell is always hungry. A meal of substance is elusive and rare to find these days. And yeah, this, yeah, this is about someone eating someone. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's named after uh, like an orc character that he had made up. It sounds amazing. Um, yeah. This is a punky, aggra- fast and aggressive song. Like, like it's where they have these songs mixed in with a record full of jamming. And then they go into this, which is straight up meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, you know? <laughs> um, this has four voice, four, four uh, verses 
to pack into this minute 52 second song. You know? It's great. I love some of the lyrics on here. You got uh, one more carcass for the demonic dinner. Uh, one more wound for the feral grave digger. I even like uh, uh, have a taste of that black stew. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last time down the blood red river. Uh, like it's very metal and dark fantasy. Have a swipe of that. Fuck you. Um, one thing i noticed because i was listening to this on vinyl when i was uh taking the notes for it the um little like center label things have it mislabeled and they have this uh list as being on side c but it actually follows uh scutum and scorpus on the end of side b um so i mean (laughs) you know we're cracking it wide open Uh, here cool question i gotta mention that all of side d is um the last track on this yeah okay oh we'll get to it okay um (laughs) poison stones yeah the other one of the other singles on here it's a uh got like an animated music video be yourself even if you aren't that's that's the what john dwyer has to say about it um this song has a real i wrote down jigging because it has a jig to it you know like like uh i don't know why i wrote that down but that's what i wrote no, I can see that. Maybe okay. it's like that little, like, uh, that opening bit. The Yeah. This song is uh, 3 minutes, 56 seconds. Again, shorter compared to a couple of tracks on this record. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, again, this is about the music. And the works here, they, they're there's decoration, I really feel like. Um, no, they go into it because he's talking about being yourself. He says, you know he puts like a scenario and then he's like, it really suits you in my eyes. Like, hey. yeah, you know, it's awesome that you're doing your thing. Then be who, you, be who you want to. It's all right. Laying in the basement at wicked night. It sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. You're uh it suits you. I'm baking in the wasteland. It suits me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I like this one. I like the interplay between the guitar and the keyboard. That's mm-hmm. what that little, like, what'd mm-hmm. you call it? Jiggy mm-hmm. part is. Um, yeah. It's like this kind of like nice, little ugly chord that they've got playing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, then we get to psyops dispatch, which is my second favorite song on the record. It's a good one. I love how like classic sci-fi it is. The genius answer says the deep state uses psychics to control the norms. Classic sci-fi theme. Yeah. So that's so like Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the way you say, I'll, I'll say that basically. Like you get these ideas, you get this idea of, of yeah, that like you see all these like um for example um, image on the screen disrupting a withered broken mind, link us all together, uh, I yeah I really like when bands do this when they get super nerdy about it. Yeah, I love the it, a lot of the like organy sounding keyboard to me sounds a lot like uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer like they're, they're definitely wearing that um. Influence on their this, sleeve. This also has so many ideas. Like oh, the, yeah. 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 Like, I've been talking about the ideas of Craig. Like, he's like, let's put this in there. We'll do we'll, it's the same song. Just in these four minutes, we'll, we'll put these six different things in it. You know, like. Uh, Getting your money's worth. That's a high value. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the uh, the line in here, the crush the job of filling people with manufactured lies. <laughs> They won't know do to do to do to I do, think do, I was do, I was do, uh, do, 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 do. I think I was I was ranting about capitalism as someone on the internet like just talking about it while listening to this song. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh I got the perfect thing to yeah, say yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sort of feeling it. I was sort of feeling the uh 
the like the government just uh, yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah the uh, I like um psyops dispatch a lot um then we get to another instrumental track SS Luker's mom yeah this one which, is super fuzzy yeah instrumental uh, like punk song uh, I do like what John Dwyer said on this one. I, this is about the time I decided I would start taking notes on what he said. Okay. Um, he said, Luker is a loud mouth, but his mom is a nice lady. I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I do like this song. This song has a really garagey feel to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sort of the best leading to the next track, but we'll get into that. But like this, this song, yeah, he, he gets his guitars to sound like a trumpets in this one. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I, I do imagine a kid in his garage fucking around in this one though. Like like, like uh, like uh, he's a loudmouth with his guitar. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but this one has some really crazy drums on it. Like there's crazy drums throughout this whole thing. Oh, I actually forgot to mention on Psyops Dispatch, mm. they uh, trade off playing like this little fill, and you can hear it in both uh, ear cups because yeah. they have you know the drums panned to either side, yeah. and it's really cool, like kind of hearing it bounce around. Yeah, it's a little different uh, because I have a little bit of hearing loss in my left ear. Oh yeah. So I noticed it. It was just like dimmer. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I, I but I listened to it on uh speakers like just today I could hear all. But uh but um yeah, I, I do remember last night uh sitting down to take notes on this, um and just losing my mind at this point. Like just like like what is going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um But let's uh, let's get to the next one. Heartworm. Heartworm. Uh, the fast and this is a punk rock song as well, and it, it's this. It's this a, might be like my second favorite track on the album. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you write down what John Dwyer had to say about it? Uh, let me see. Because I have it ready. You ready? Yeah. Why don't you say it? Because I also uh, I also wrote down lyrics in the same way, okay. so I didn't quote him in my notes. The fear deep in all of us is that this is the end. Yeah. Yeah, and so this song. The fucking world's so fucked up, right? <laughs> so like that's what it says, and it's a punk song because not only the music but the lyrics are perfect for it to be a punk song. Yeah, yeah I think this one's pretty overtly political too. Yeah, oh, yeah, you got yeah. stuff like we don't talk a lot, but we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, and the world's so fucked up, <laughs> we've got worms swimming in our guts. <laughs> oh, she'll get fed up. There's one way to sew this whole thing up, up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love. Uh, they do a thing that I think helps out a lot with, you know, intense punk songs yeah. is throw some distortion on those vocals. Oh yeah. And it's going to add so much more. It's going to add a bunch of intensity to it. And it's, I love it. Yeah. I think more bands should also employ that live. I know it can mm-hmm. be kind of hard to do live, but I think there's something. That, so a lot of people either they're like, if you can't play it live, you shouldn't do it in the studio or do as much, uh, experimenting in the studio as you can. And I'm, I fall in that ladder camp. I think, if you got a studio to work with, or you got time to fuck with something, why not? Why not make it that and just make it interesting live? You know, exactly, like, get your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I will say, if you like this song, check out uh, John Dwyer's side band called Coach Whips. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like this. Do they whip? They coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to talk about together tomorrow? Yeah. Um, which is, I, it's about the opioid crisis. Yeah, yeah. He, he says, addiction is a gruesome reality in our country. Uh, boycott the opioid empire. Yeah, and uh, the, the, I mean, honestly, that's, it's something that doesn't get, I mean, 
Everyone says it does get talked about enough, but it doesn't get talked about enough at all. No, seriously. Yeah. Well, because it gets it gets talked about, but then like that's it. Like, yeah, you just yeah, that's all it, it is. Like, oh, that's opioids all are bad, and everyone's like, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's the, and, okay. We talked about it. We met our quota. Yeah, I know. I know a few people's fucking lives have been destroyed by it, or they have family members whose lives have been fucked up by it, and they're still like paying the price now. Like, the, oh yeah, yeah. This shit, this um, wild shit, and I, I'm glad like. You know, I, I, the only time I ever taken the opioids, I, I had a, a tooth yanked because when I was young and irresponsible, it's still missing back there. I'm aware I had uh-huh. to have. But, they didn't uh, put it back? They didn't put, I mean, at the time, I had no money to. I could probably do it now. Um, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, but um, but uh, they gave me Vicodin, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, well, okay, here I come, Vicodin. And uh, I, what would happen is I'd take it and i fall asleep. Like that's what happened. Yeah, I take it up, wake up with a headache, and I'm like, God damn. But uh, I still don't think I've I don't think I've ever taken any. I got my wisdom teeth out and then just stuck with Tylenol and ibuprofen. Did they tell you to stick with Tylenol and ibuprofen? I think they gave me stuff. I just okay. didn't do anything with it. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, did you did you get put in twilight sleep when that happened? Uh, no, I had them knock me all the way out because I was so freaked out about it. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. We when I, when they come in or. Actually, one a couple of them they came in straight, like nothing happened. Like they're like, I was like, I remember I went to the dentist. I'm like, uh, so what about my toes? They're like, uh, they're they're like, do you want? Uh, they're like, you won't miss them. Like, but do I need to take them out? Like, you won't miss them. Like, you're you're not answering my question. Yeah. Like like <laughs> like I I don't care if I don't miss them, but do I need them out? Yeah. And, and uh, because at the time I was trying to save money, you know. I'm not going to let these people Hollywood in my mouth out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but, uh, I, I do think at some point I have to get them root cause they're, they're starting to like nick my tongue a bit, you know? Oof. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I had to also, uh, yeah. also brush them out to get way back there. I'm like, ah, ah, you know, like yeah, <laughs> brush your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, this track talks about, you know, you got like some paranoia, physical issues, just basically like how it makes you feel and how it affects you. Well, while I wrote about this, Jack, was tap, tap, tap. Yeah. <laughs> but this one's another one that's, like, proggy and punchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of prog influence in this. And uh, that's also why this is a very E record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. The, the next song here, uh, Captain uh, Loosely, it, it sounds yep. like it's underwater the whole time. It is. Uh, With no percussion. So- yeah, so I was I mentioned earlier that this track does a good job of showing off kind of all the different aspects of OCs. Uh, this one is a uh, synth improv okay. thing. They either before this one or after this album released something called Twelve Inch Synth. That was two just long improv synth jams. Uh, one of the concerts they actually did, uh, they ju- they released this one for free. Was a improv synth jam, like synth jamming and messing around with sounds and stuff is just something that they do. Yeah. Um, so they did it here. You want to know what JDS said about the song? Did he happen to say, why try to control everything, live and let live? Yeah. Just like I'm that. only guessing just uh, by yeah. listening to the yeah, song. Yeah. I didn't look that up or anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote down underwater, no percussion, question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's a cool It's a cool little, uh, it's a cool little uh, thing to have before the last song, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like a nice like interlude. Almost works as like an intro mm-hmm. to the last track, the twenty-one minute behemoth of Hinchlock, which is a badass name and a badass song. Badass song. I, th- it's up there. I think this one 
and Heartworm bounce back and forth as being my favorite track or my second favorite tracks. So you know how Jimmy Hendrix, uh, the, the, the legend, he takes his headband, he dip it in acid and put it around his head and play guitar. Uh huh. I wrote baby should I be high? <laughs> because uh, you, you you get the verse three about eight minutes in this song, and then for the most of it, it's scratching and jamming, and for most of it, and uh, I like how it slowly falls apart at the end. Oh yeah, and yeah. then like builds builds yeah. back up yeah, and kind of like a noisy build. This has uh, again, uh, John Dreyer, John Dwyer. He I feel like he uh, got a grab bag of ideas and just took a handful and like this is Hitchlock. <laughs> It's just kind of, I feel like it's whatever popped into his head at the moment when they were jamming it. It was cool. It's a cool song. Um, but it's one it takes of up songs, a whole side of a record. It's one of those uh, very ones little room for a runoff groove. I looked at the, at the, um, and my, at my phone, I'm like, oh, it's still Hitchcock. <laughs> like that's, yeah, you sent, you sent me a text while you were listening to it. You were like, I looked at it like 10 minutes in, <laughs> wondering <laughs> if it was even still the same song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but Hitchcock is a cool, I mean, I've listened to this song like, Four times today, like like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, because this uh, I literally this record was on repeat all day because I was trying to like get as much as of it like in me as I could, you know. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it today too. I went to the gym and listened to it all the way through. I remember uh, I was uh, I took a phone call in the middle of like of Hinchlock, and uh, I just I had a headset so I just put it on and I put it down, and I remember the guy was on the phone for like thirty seconds hearing Hinchlock going. I was like, oh, he's still on. And I had to hang Oopsie. up on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spurs. I was like, "What the fuck is this kid listening to?" Probably was what he was thinking. But uh, uh, man. I, I, oh, and this is what John Dwyer has to say about the song. Okay. It's uh, the lament of a stooge who, after many dark tasks, wonders, "Am I the bad guy?" Yeah, I do like the um, the the baby in this. He says "baby" a lot. Like uh, so much aggravation, baby. It's a drag. I got a kind of concentration, baby, in my eye. Uh, yeah, that, let's have compensation, baby. Oh, yo, crass. <laughs> Evil men still living, but they are... Fine. Five? Fine. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> it's an evil nation, baby. Death and dying. Looking out the window, baby. It's on fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really like this song. Um, at first, I thought it was kind of annoying, but uh, it grew on me. Um, I, you know, uh, it's... It's a cool song, like Hinchlock, just all of it. Like, I love. I just really like the jamming on here. I think we get so few like full on jamming jam bandy things anymore. Um, and I think this nails kind of the harder rock punky approach that I want. Yeah. To jam jam band stuff because I feel like a lot of jammy stuff just kind of it. it rest too like light and airy for me too whimsical and it's like no i want this dark fantasy classic sci-fi bloody dark thing i feel like this would be great in a road trip as well like like if, it's, mm-hmm. if someone's like hey you want to put something on but like man i have something for you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, this this was not like at first i thought it'd be a challenge for me yeah, that hour and 20 minute record not at all this is mm-hmm. this is super interesting i've been i've been holding off on this one partially because of the length yeah. um and partially because i needed to find a good thing to a uh, good theme to put it on yeah I'm, you got cute with it but it works for sure. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that was uh, Face Stabber by the OC, or favorite, I think OCs at this point. Your favorite OCs record? My favorite OCs, but there's a there's a whole period of like there there's some further back, but it's like from Smoke Reverser through uh, whatever their most recent one is, either Protean Threat or Metamorphosed or whatever. How much? Um, how many, that I like. I love. How much do you have? Uh, like, how much do you have in vinyl? I have Smoke Reverser. I have Face Stabber. I have Metamorphosed. I have Protean Threat, Panther Rotate, and then their first uh, live concert session. Okay, that's a lot, man. Yeah, it's. I want. I want more. Um, <laughs> you want? You want Peach Fire Two on there too? I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah, I have it on my <laughs> shelf somewhere. I mean, not somewhere. It's in the the T section because I have still advertised, but. Yeah, well, um, you should check out maybe some of the other ones that are around this album, okay. or you might like, uh, based on what you said you liked, you'd probably like Mutilator Defeated at Last or okay. Floating Coffin. I th- those are kind of more of their, like, they lean a little punkier okay. on those ones. I'm a, I mean, I grew up a punk kid, so give me yeah. that. Um, but you know what I think it's time for? What's that? I think it's theme time. I think it is. Okay, I'm looking at the, the bag real quick. It's over here. Go grab it. The hat. The hat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, one day we'll take a picture of this hat, and show it to people. But it's, <laughs> it's hat. <laughs> um, I put a few things in here, but I make sure I'm not trying to pull them right away. Um, shake it up a bit, and what we got? We got. Oh, we'll just save this one for later. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, we got. Um. Oh man. We're not going to do this. Sorry, we just did Desert Island. Oh, Jock Jams 2. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Um, Gateway albums. Gateway? Yeah, Gateway albums. Okay. Yeah. Gateway albums. Sorry, I didn't mean The to... albums that make you want to get into harder drugs. Yeah, so the thing is, I, I, I pulled out two things we've just done recently that, that, they're, that are um, repeaters. I just didn't leave them out of the bag yet. Like, cause oh, we got you. Yeah. yeah so Desert Desert Island's one that will repeat sometime in the future, maybe when every time we have a guest or something. But uh, but uh, yeah, Gateway albums. What we're doing next? Do you have any ideas? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna need to look at my shelf. Yeah, yeah, I gotta do the same thing. But um, it's gonna be fun. I think. I'm excited. You, I knew you were excited about. I, I was not excited about Jotunes at first, but uh, I was glad you were super into it. I, I was super excited. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on, pal? Well, uh, me and a friend of mine do the music for this podcast. Our band name is Smell. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on uh, Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. Uh, got two little album thingies that are um, pay what you want. So pay nothing, pay something. Uh, but feel free to check us out and listen to us. Uh, we'd love it. What about you? I, uh, I do another podcast called Moves and Suck and Sunday Do. It's a weekly new podcast. We do two new movies a week. Um, I'm super excited about seeing Dune, which comes out this this week. I'm so, oh, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to see that one. I'm going to definitely see it in theaters. So there's no, like... Oh, same. I, I know the director is like, you've seen that theater. Don't see it on HBO Max. And I'm going to make fun of anyone who does see it on HBO Max. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, dude. Uh, and I... I also, I don't mention this every episode, but I do have Bandcamp. Christy owns music at bandcamp.bandcamp.com. Yeah, I don't really 
I've posted not that often, but it's out there for people to hear if they want to. Um, I think that's it. I got some other podcasty stuff in the works, but I'm not going to talk about that till that's ready. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited see. to hear it. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And Be sure to stay tuned after oh, yeah, for sure. uh, we for fade out here to listen to our featured artists. Sounds and scenarios. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to post all their stuff on our uh, on our social media when that comes out. So uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yep, see listening. you next time. Bye.
you I'm willing to change cause I want you to see how much you mean to me cause I've become someone I hate and I'm feeling 